He shared his story with me, which is he's a part-time photographer for the UN. He gets deployed on these missions to photograph culture and the UN's impact on culture. And, and this northern Pakistan story of his was just so riveting because you, you were wandering somewhere between Lost in the Wilderness to a Jason Bourne movie. It was so mesmerizing. But in the end, he included the hotel where he stayed uh, at the end of this, this incredible journey. It just dawned on me then, like, this is the power of the This is Up in the Air, a show about travel adventures, frequent flying, and the unique experiences we have along the way. I'm Ian Agrimis, and in this episode, you'll hear from Pete Bryant about the changes he envisions taking place in the travel industry, social media's role in that industry, and how he founded Stellar, a travel community for everyone. In today's environment, it's not easy to launch a product or service that breaks into the travel space in a meaningful way. But that's exactly what my guest today did with his company, Stellar. Named Apple's app trend of the year in 2018, it's a travel community full of stories told from the traveler's perspective. Apart from the amazing content and endless supply of travel inspiration and information, a large part of the company's success has been in creating a format that allows users to seamlessly integrate all the best nuggets of information about their trips into stories about them. Had the best raft guide at the Grand Canyon? You can tip viewers off about who to ask for with the tip widget built inside the app. Although taking the guesswork and long hours of research out of trip planning is one goal of the platform, if they're successful, they hope to change the way people discover and book travel while simultaneously rewarding those who bring awareness to specific places, properties, and excursions. It was a rough year for people to expand their horizons, but it didn't stop Pete's team from continuing to grow. I'm optimistic that, that we will travel in 2021. Is there anywhere that you used to go on a regular basis? Any like annual travel rituals? Like a lot of folks patterning um, vacation around its breaks. So, so here in Washington, there's this this midwinter break for those of us that live in the Pacific Northwest, uh, just seeing a bright, shiny sunshine uh, up in the sky is, is really helpful uh, for mm-hmm. us. So, so there's always a journey towards the sun kind of in that midwinter time period. And yes. Growing up in Portland, I know it well. Yeah. So it's always kind of like, uh, is that Southern California? Is that BCS? Is that Hawaii? And I think our midwinter trip has moved throughout all three of those uh, destinations. And I mm-hmm. believe unless something changes restriction wise is that Hawaii is and specifically Hawaii is in the cards for uh, February, but we'll just have to wait and see like most everything else. Yeah. Before the pandemic, did you travel internationally two, three times a year, five, six times? Probably two times a year, maybe three times a year. And so with, with older kids now, uh, it, it's both easier and harder to do just because the schedules are, are not our own anymore, but the willingness uh, and interest is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's been some, some talk uh, amongst the family to, to try to get into a pattern of an international meet up every year. So we have we have two in college and one in high school uh, and the eldest is uh, supposedly it was canceled obviously last summer um, going to be participating in an extending learning uh, program in Spain uh, sometime this summer. So oh, it, it, nice. it's like there's a potential opportunity for all of us to, to wherever we are in, in the country is, is to meet up uh, and join her uh, in Spain. 
That's awesome. Do you remember your first international trip? What, were you old enough to, to remember it? Or, or what was the first international trip that you do remember? Uh, so my, my first international trip uh, that, that I very much remember uh, was uh, my honeymoon. Hmm. Being very much a, a domestic traveler up until that point, uh, we chose, we, were, we rushed to get certified, but we were both certified divers and uh, we went to Fiji. Oh, nice. I just got scuba certified. Yeah, we spent uh, about two and a half weeks down there and had a blast and, and really just completely embraced that, that local culture of diving, of ocean, of seafood, and, and just loved it. We, we've, in fact, we'd love to take the kids back and kind of reimagine that, uh, that experience. We, I think we dove almost every day. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, you blew the doors off with Fiji. That's quite the, quite the way to start. Yeah, you know, and that kind of in being involved in some some international business at the time is kind of it was interesting to kind of launch from there into a lot of Europe and Asia travel. And I basically I've traveled pretty intensely for for business and and then as it can happen uh, at a personal level, but a lot of international travel. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, you are involved in in business and and travel those two uh inextricably linked for you uh because you're ceo and co-founder of stellar which i'll i'll let you describe those better than i so as i understand it started in 2014 and the original founder richard mccainiff brought you in in 2018 so what was his pitch to you and what kind of convinced you to jump on on board it was actually the other way around we sought out richard Oh. I've known Richard. <laughs> I've known Richard McAniff for over 20 years. Um, I was fortunate enough to meet him uh, while he was still a pretty impactful reigning executive at Microsoft. I think he joined in the late 80s and, and took on um, some incredible products such as uh, Access and Visual Basic and then Excel and Office and, and had a really incredible career. Matter of fact, I, I don't think I've known anyone that has had as much to do with a, a product that has created as much enterprise value as, as Office has um, ever. Hmm. Wow, no kidding. The idea that we could we could actually join forces. Um, we sought out Richard because we were pivoting a travel company that was focused on content and digitization of the adventure travel content or small ship expedition uh, content and really discovered that on a performance basis, uh, original content or, or new or different, uh, perhaps video content, not your kind of traditional travel content uh, was outperforming uh, at the time on Google and, and some social platforms that we were testing. The problem was we couldn't scale it. Right. Mm. So we we initially sought help with uh, Richard Bangs, who, who's now a part of our team um, because he's a brilliant explorer, traveler, content creator, uh, writer. And we had tested our use case was to have him create content and then we would kind of parse it up and test it out over these channels. And it did what we thought it would do. It led to it led to better engagement and better conversion and all sorts of KPIs that were outperforming what we would think of as traditional travel content, mm-hmm. but you can't, you can't really scale Richard Banks. So mm-hmm. when, when we lean back in to what Richard was doing with Stellar, it was clear to us that his platform had been taken over by travelers. Yeah. So we began discussions, I think, in spring of, of 2018 
and said, hey, what are you seeing? Like, what do you think about focusing on travel? And it really kind of led to us combining forces um, from an entity perspective in August. And we've really never looked back. It's launched this really cool partnership of obviously unimaginable level of experience, uh, vision on the product and and software architecture uh, side of the house, but also just a passion for travel and and experiences and and kind of that lifestyle of being an active traveler. Yeah. Well, sorry about the mix up on the early days. (laughs) It's okay. Speaking of that time period, how were people finding out about the app? Really kind of interestingly, uh, Apple uh, has always been fascinated with Stellar. A huge kudos go to to the design of the product, the execution of the products. And uh, Karen Poole, is, who's our head of design, continues to, to create magic there. And mm-hmm. it caught the eye of, of Apple. So Apple then uh, and today even continues to uh, showcase us and, and highlight us in, in promotions in the App Store and award us as we've been the recipients of a few uh, Apple Awards. And, and so it really kind of jump-started uh, user downloads, uh, how people found us, right? So through profiling mm-hmm. us and, and highlighting us in the App Store. And at that time, there was really nothing like, like Stellar. There was really no story. This is pre-story platform in general. And, and yeah. so Richard and Karen were very, very early here. And now, right, everybody has a, has a story element tied to their platform. Yeah. Whether you're a, a, a tools creator or a social network, stories are, are persistent across all channels. But in those early days, uh, they were a great uh, partner, right? Because they would showcase us uh, a lot. Yeah, no kidding. Instagram introduced stories in 2016. And then, of course, Snapchat kind of had that format before then. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And so, What's the mission of Stellar now? Really, we're we're about a travel community, and it's a unique community because it's you know we get asked this question all the time: is like, are are you uh, are you social network? You know, are you a tool set? And our answer has been very very consistent, which is we're a community of travelers who uh, love and embrace sharing their travel experiences with one another. Our goal is to to continue to enhance uh, the utility of what constitutes the creation and sharing uh, of travel content, um, making content easier and smarter so that as travelers share content with one another, that that content's actually useful Mm -hmm. and usable. And I use the experience that, that we've had multiple times as kind of like the metaphor for what we're trying to do, which is, you take a great trip, uh, somebody hears about it, they ask you to go grab a cup of coffee and, and you do it and you share your experiences. And at the end of uh, the coffee, they ask if you don't mind sharing your itinerary with them. Yeah. And which you gladly do because you want somebody to experience at least a fraction of what you did. Yeah. Because it's impactful. And when, when you think about that, translated into the digital world, it's all it's so hard to do because you know what lies in front of you is a, a super uh, frustrating time extensive search on Google trying to kind of piece together these parts the ad monetization and, and Google is kind of now working against the utility of, of what it used to be in the sense of, of trying to get to to you know organic content 
Yeah. What, what we want to do is really kind of recreate that whole experience so that, uh, so that for the next traveler who happens to, to find Pete or Richard's or Ian's uh, story on Stellar, that it touches on point of inspiration, discovery, but it, it's also contextually bound to something that can be used to recreate that experience for yourself. Yeah, it provides a blueprint for people to have a similar experience. Yeah. It's so tough when you're telling those stories of your trips and I mean, you get people excited, but there's intangibles that you really do need some sort of media to convey. But I think the people who can tell those stories and kind of convey that are always, always some of my favorite people to talk to. Like one example that comes to mind is um, the CEO of Wilderness Safaris. You know, he's just lived this incredibly rich life and kind of has that gift of sharing that in some medium for him, you know, spoken word. But, you know, people like Richard, who are very good at written word and and then obviously the platform itself is excellent at sharing that in like a media format. So I do love that. Are there any people who whose travel stories have kind of informed your your lust for travel over the years? Yeah, I think there's a very, very long list of influential, I, I think, of explorers. In particular, I've always had an affinity to to the mountain. Mm. And I think about, you know, Ed Vesters and, and Ross Kelly and, and some of the, the legends that have come out of the Northwest from a, a mountaineering perspective. I had a dear childhood friend of mine, uh, David Morton, who's an accomplished climber, but also a, a beautiful storyteller, because I've always been drawn to that. And, mm-hmm. and we're starting to now see the, the power of, of that kind of what you think of as traditional storytelling, either in book form or video form, come to our platform. We're just testing and we'll launch with a travel uh, brand partner in, in August, this notion of narration. Mm-hmm. So that, that we're, now, we're now fusing a human voice as, as a narrator of an experience while the video and the pictures and, and the text fill in those gaps uh, and, and potentially even fuse in with, with music, which is a new feature that we've launched Yeah, to tell like this incredible tale in, in less than a minute. And yet that content now is you can pen it, you can save it, you can cut it up. You can really take elements of it and, and start to, to recreate your own travel experience. And I, I think we're, we're just on the dawn of really completely changing that composition Mm-hmm. really of the landscape of travel content with our authoring environment and what what Richard and team have, have created there. It's just so easy to do. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a professional to, to execute against it. But uh, I, I actually was directing somebody that was new to Stellar the other day, just to, to look at the people I follow. I think of a particular user just for privacy reasons, um, I'll leave them out that I was drawn um, to their story. This is probably about a year and a half ago on northern Pakistan. Hmm. And I was just following the story and it was just so captivating. And um, I talked to a team member and I was like, I, I gotta, is there any way I can talk to, to this creator? I mean, this is just yeah. fascinating. And, and we were able to, and it was like, I don't know, I was at a, a, my son's soccer practice. It was like at nine o'clock at night and we were able to actually get on the phone together. And I was just so thankful and appreciative um, wow. that, he would sh- that he would share that story. But then he shared his story with me, which is he's a part-time photographer for the UN. Hmm. 
he gets deployed on these missions to uh, to photograph culture and in uh, wow. the, the UN's impact on culture and, and this northern Pakistan story of his was just so riveting because you, you were wandering somewhere between like you know lost in the wilderness to a Jason Bourne movie like I mean it was just like it was Wow. It was so mesmerizing, but in the end, he included the hotel where he stayed uh, at the end of this this incredible journey. And I forget what OTA it was linked to, but it was like all this, it just dawned on me then, like this is the power of the platform. Yeah, that's really cool. Is to have something like so mind blowing and inspirational, but yet so useful and practical that there's actually a hotel where you can stay in northern Pakistan um, and experience something like that. Yeah, so somebody can just look through his experience and and basically have the same one. Yeah, yeah. Backing backing up a little bit, do you remember what the the first social media platform that you joined was? It's LinkedIn with a close tie of Facebook. Okay. And I passed on MySpace. <laughs> There's, I think, one in the '90s that I, I will perhaps by the end of this discussion I'll, I'll come up with. Yes, no, it was Pointcast Network and. <laughs> Pointcast Network, you had to, you actually had to join, and then I believe that once you selected the the areas of interest, you could share that with other users. Um, wow, that so sounds that, like it would have been so far ahead of its time. Yeah, I think Pointcast Network would have been mid nineties. Wow. Obviously, you're a little bit biased, but what's your favorite social platform now, and and why? Yeah, I, I would say you know from an engagement. Uh, Walk, I'll walk you through my use patterns, okay? I start every morning with a cup of coffee, some vinyl, and, and yeah. celery. Nice, nice. And then just because I, I'm so excited and interested to see what was, what was published overnight, right? We were a global mm-hmm. platform. Yeah. And to see what pops into my feed on a global basis. Uh, and then as a unit of measurement, I, I kind of go through... I go through Twitter, uh, I go through Instagram, and potentially Facebook as, mm-hmm. as a roundup to my social check-in. And then I kind of start to lean into you know, productivity, into emails, and, and text, right. and, and so forth. But yeah, I, I think from a, just a, a sheer enjoyment, and this is, is by no means meant to be a Homer statement at all, I, I like Stellar because of, of the tone. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I feel like uh, this is my my global family, and even though uh, I've not met many if any of these users on a, on a personal level on a global basis, but I, it feels like home to yeah. me, and that's pretty unique. Yeah, that's awesome. This transitions nicely into my next question, which is, you know, you have all these other platforms, and I wanted to know what downfalls do they have that you guys wanted to ing- uh, address. I know Stellar, for example, is pretty light on algorithm, and that that's like a, a point of contention with a lot of people, particularly on Instagram. So I'm just curious how you'd answer that. I think it really starts with transparency and you know what is the intention of the platform. I, I, I'm not looking at it right now, so this is not an accurate statement. But but when you when you think of Facebook with a, a market cap of, of over 800 billion, it, it's kind of mind numbing in terms of, of how they've been able to to monetize uh, social engagement. And, right. and obviously, they've been very very bright in terms of uh, acquisitions and and, um, uh, and and so forth. So they're now able to, to leverage uh, that type of monetization across multiple surfaces and multiple networks. But, but it's not quite clear what they're using to do that. And mm-hmm. 
who they're leveraging to do that. And, and we're very sensitive to that. Yeah. When you think about we have we have our own true north as a company and, and really it's it's about trying to create a community and the difference between a community and a social network in our mind is is truly like-minded individuals coming together for a common purpose. In our case it's travel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's pretty straightforward from the outset what the difference is. We're, we're focused right. on travel and travel lifestyle because it you know constitutes so many things. You you discover through traveling, you discover new cultures and you know new foods and new history and perception of, of a place not your own that you can carry with you the rest of your life and and, and share that and, and that's a unique. A common trait, uh, I think, to, to share across the community. So you can make a case that from a business perspective, it's a differentiator to be focused exclusively on travel, on travel lifestyle, mm-hmm. and not be caught up in uh, having to, to serve a massive global audience looking for something to ignite them into laughter or draw them in on compassion every single second of every single day. Yeah. And so... You know, our success is is really driven by uh, the creation of that community. And if we're successful in doing so, I think it would be very, very special. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about algorithms for a second, because I know Stellar's pretty light on algorithms. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned before, Instagram is kind of notorious for letting theirs take over the content that you see. And supposedly they've done tests. And, you know, although people say they prefer a chronological feed, people actually spend more time on the app when it's tailored to them. So how do you reckon with with that, knowing that that is the case, at least on a platform like Instagram, but wanting to provide the most engaging product? I, I think it's also one driven by business model and economics. You know, their algorithm is 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 really good at that, right? So yeah. when, you, when you kind of shift over into the stellar world, we, we really want to be driven by connection and discovery. Mm. Um, so when you think about an algorithm working for you versus working against you, it's, it's helping you sift through volumes and volumes of content um, in a way that is akin to what you're, what you're looking for, what you're engaged in. You know, we're, we're early when you think about in, in the grand stage of things and in, into the development of our community and, and our content. So I think algorithms can be super restrictive. Um, in, yeah. in terms of allowing people to to explore, when we when we really challenge and talk about this internally, it's also bifurcated by the fact that we allow for our users to you know seamlessly switch between uh, the content in which uh, they're engaged in and the context for for where that content is. So so our map view is is an interesting kind of deviation from what you would think of as a, as a social network norm and algorithm because because we're focused on travel it's like if you're not richard bangs and you know where every city and every destination is in the world you're probably geographically challenged um in many of these cases to to know exactly where these stories are coming from right yeah and really drives home this notion of discovery so allowing the user to kind of like pave uh, their own path and allowing then technology um, and, and machine learning to, to make the execution of that easier and, and not complicating matters with business commitments or business contracts, right? So, yeah. so ultimately, for, for us to be successful as a business, we have to be aligned with the intent of our users. And Facebook sells the user data and users are famously kind of the product. 
That's right. We're here. We, I, I think the opportunity from a business perspective is, is to really kind of flip the paradigm of, um, uh, of engagement to say like, hey, what if we were to, to bring together you know, a global user uh, community of, of travelers um, which effectively constitutes massive business enterprise, calculate how much is spent to market to them and how much is spent to convince them to, to travel to your destination, to stay at your hotel, mm-hmm. and kind of synergize that into this community that, that we, should, we should be able to, to actually change the unit economics within that industry just by our community. So we should be able to kind of offer savings and, and efficiencies back to the user base by all of us coming together, mm-hmm. almost disruptive uh, in, in the process. Right. Switching gears a little bit, just to talk more about kind of content and the growth of the platform, you know, that wouldn't have been possible without some of the influencers you guys have worked with and brought on board. And how has that experience been? What have you learned from working with particularly travel influencers? First of all, they're immensely talented. I, I think they, they have a, a, an incredible impact on destinations, on hotels, on tours and activities. Um, and it, it's our goal and objective is, is to find a sustainable home uh, for them on Stellar. And, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be easy, but it, it remains our, our commitment to, to find that to be a true use case. And mm-hmm. we, through kind of non-exact science, you know, we've kind of looked back into our user base and, and we have a lot of influencers and creators that, that come and go on Stellar. It's an enormous opportunity for us is, and, and we fight for it every day, is to find a way to create a sustainable income uh, for them on our platform because they're, as I said, they're very, very talented. They're incredible storytellers and, and travel is a perfect place to, to create harmony there as the travel industry continues to kind of try to grow beyond kind of you know, that dependency on the boomer generation. We really <clears throat> want to deploy influencers in a way that creates um, sustainable content creation. Mm-hmm. And in the process of income for them, piece and content for, you know, what you think of as the supply chain, it's clearly um, an opportunity and objective for us uh, to continue to uh, engage and embrace uh, creators, influencers of all measurement, right? Mm-hmm. Not just the, the folks that have an astonishing number of followers, but for the uh, aspiring influencer traveler that's working towards a, a bigger goal. Sure. Ideally... These these people, particularly with the bigger audiences, they can you know drive a ton of awareness. And you guys have had some success. I I read obviously with your campaign in Ireland, driving it sounded like a tremendous amount of tourism growth to the country, which is really cool. But this is a question that I I've asked a few people recently, and I'm curious what you would say because in the U.S., I think only like 46 or 48 percent of the population has a passport. And an even smaller percentage of those people use them. And I've said this exactly before on the podcast, but if if you take out people who travel to Canada and Mexico, it's an even smaller percentage. So lots of Americans, you know, take no action in regards to tourism. And I wonder if, if you think that Stellar can be a good solution to getting people to travel more. And, and if there's a barrier to entry besides just money, you know, how does Stellar help people travel more? That's a great question. I can see why you, you're you asking more and more people that question because it, it's particularly 
relevant, I think, in, in 2021 and in 2021 and beyond as we think about travel recovery, because it's actually forced all of us, no matter income class or disposable income, to, to think of travel differently and really think of it as, as something you can safely do. And, and really, by definition, that is more localized travel. Mm-hmm. And as we've all experienced, you know, starting last March, from rediscovering your your backyard city or town to the adjacent town, or rediscovering parks and areas that you may have taken for granted by by pursuing the ideal destination or the ideal holiday, I think it's really opened all of our eyes to kind of this this mini explorer mode of. Getting out in your own backyard. Yeah, what's, what's around you and creating travelers out of people that have never considered themselves a traveler. Mm-hmm. And if we're able to do that, it's a dawn of a new age at that point, right? So because it's kind of like this gateway of like, oh, I had this this kind of cool experience where we all piled in the car and we went, you know, we drove two hours to a, a park and then we stopped and, and had, you know, a meal together and then we were home that night. But you know, that really kind of like brought our family together. We had this, this great experience, how that can be now evolved into leaving the state and going to another state for a similar experience and maybe spending two or three nights together. And, and you can see how it builds out. And, and we're seeing this all over, right? It's not just a U.S.-centric phenomenon where, you know, in talking with certain travel partners in Germany, where they saw a huge spike in June and July of local travel. So Germans just, you know, who are notorious outbound travelers, um, yeah. really rediscovering their own country. And so, you know, we, we certainly see it as a theme going into 2021. Mm-hmm. But really, oh my God, what a great opportunity to, to cast a, a new world of what we consider a, a traveler. You know, somebody just going from, say, Seattle to exploring uh, Walla Walla um, yeah. on the eastern side of our state. We're uh, taking a ferry up to, to San Juan Island and exploring uh, everything that San Juan Island has to offer in one day. Yeah, That's amazing. Yeah. If we could kind of continue that theme. You said that, the, that post-pandemic, you want Stellar to be the platform for stories about travelers returning to these destinations. What are you hoping that Stellar accomplishes in kind of make, making that experience easier for, for people going forward? Yeah, I think it, it starts with more content, partnering with destinations, partnering with uh, travel brands, partnering with creators, influencers, just to tell a, a local tale is going to be helpful for someone. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the functionality on the platform now allows you to, um, to save everything, create your own collections and create a bucket list, essentially. Yeah, create your own itineraries. Uh, we're testing and, and we'll be releasing in, in the first half of 2021 some incredible API partners, so that so that not only are you going to to find uh, geotag information helpful, such as phone numbers and websites um, and connectivity on a map, but you'll have options around how exactly to uh, to book or to reserve hotels and experiences in, in a way that's very consistent with the vibe of, of Stellar. Mm-hmm. Really driving home utility, but allowing for content to continue to be the lead. So for yeah. us, it's, it's about launching more and more destinations. And within those destinations, um, as, we, uh, as we refer to internally, it's just like, you know, finding all the cool shit to do. 
Yeah. That's not easy to no. find. It's, no. it's easy to find the index things to do, but the cool shit, it's a yeah. lot harder to do. And, and it actually takes a community of travelers to, to make that happen. Yeah. As we do that, we create context and with that comes utility. Yeah. That's really our main thrust for, for 2021. I do this segment on, on here called Explain That Gram. And, and now for those of you listening, you can find the link to the post that I'm going to talk about in the description of the episode. But in uh, December 2019, you were invited to New York by Apple to receive an award. And you, you kind of alluded to that earlier in the show. But tell me about that experience and tell me what it meant to you and the team to, to win that award. Yeah, so uh, Apple Trend of the Year award recipient, and it was really uh, it was an amazing honor and recognition from Apple. Uh, it was yeah, it was a it was a cool event. It was uh, Scott Greenberg and Karen Poole and myself went back. But w- what I thought was as we s- stood there in the Apple event and, and so forth was to to hear you know from Apple themselves like how much they valued us uh, as a partner because mm-hmm. we were able to fuse so many creative, being an immensely creative company, uh, so many valued creative elements of their software and their hardware together into one application from video and photo editing and, and text and, and kind of, you know, creating this powerful authoring environment. But yet uh, the output was uh, an inspirational creative experience, you know, tied to a large industry such as, such as travel was right. just to hear from them, like, hey, we love what you're doing. Can't wait to see your next iteration, your next page turn. Yeah. It was something that we, you know, we shared very intimately with, with all of our team and, and, and so forth. It was just, it was a very, very cool and surreal um, moment. And it was the night of the event was like this, you know, kind of snowy, uh, mystic evening as mm-hmm. we were, the three of us were walking to the event and we all, we took pictures and videos because we actually created a story out of the, the story itself because it was such a cool venue and, and evening with the weather. So it was, uh, it was awesome. a moment, but, but as quick as that moment came, it was like the next day it's like, let's go. Like, mm. this is, yep. this is our path. Uh, let's seize it and shoot the moon. Yeah. So when you think back about this platform, how much it's grown and how many people from all over the world that you've been able to communicate with and interact with, what impact has travel had on you and what impact do you believe it has on the world? For me personally, it's it's left its mark in in so many different ways. And if you ever, if we ever by chance meet, you'll you'll notice on on my <laughs> right wrist would be a whole series of bracelets and and so forth. And people always ask me like, what what do those mean? And really, it all started from uh, a trip we took uh, my wife and I to Argentina. We ended up on the Mendoza River, and we had this incredible raft guide. Like we've all had that raft guide, right? Right. And he happened to be uh, kind of a refugee that had come over the mountains from Brazil and and found a, a, a welcoming home in mm-hmm. Argentina. He made a bracelet for me, and uh, after our lunch, kind of tied it on my wrist. And I think it was in 2006, and it was just this year that it fell off. Mm. And I emailed the company, and uh, he had since moved on. And but it's amazing how travel and through meeting other people in, in other parts of the world, or even in, in other parts of your uh, own neighborhood or state, can leave such an impact. Because I've never I've never forgotten about his journey and, and how he impacted my life. And I think for every traveler, that's an opportunity that awaits them. 
mm-hmm. and is, is that human connectivity. Um, and even if you don't speak the same language, you're, you're both humans and you can share in some type of experience together, whether that's an activity or a drink or food, you know, a, a picture together. I know of no other industry or no other uh, experience that affords that uh, than trap. Hmm. And uh, it's pretty powerful. The memories, uh, the photos, um, and so if we can, as a platform, as a community called Stellar, if we can bring everybody together on that that simple premise of human connectivity, it's a lofty objective, but it's it's something that, that we're driven by. That's Pete Bryant. You can find him on Stellar at Pete Bryant or in his den every morning with a vinyl record and a cup of coffee. If you enjoyed the show or learned anything from it, it would be supremely awesome if you'd share it with someone who might find it interesting or rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. Doing so helps other people find these episodes and is also very awesome. As always, feel free to reach out on social with any questions or comments. Once again, I'm your host, Ian Grimace, wishing you smooth travels. Peace.